You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hi, everybody. Gloria Kennedy here, back with another edition of our wonderful uh, Warwick Radio. Uh, For some of you who may be as old as me, you might remember me uh, from a long, long time ago being in the Senate, and my name was Gloria Kennedy Fleck then. I always like to bring this up because I want you to know that I, you know, I, I know a little bit about that game, and that's why I mention it. Today, we have a young man, and believe me, I think it's great when young people get involved in politics. I did when I, I think my first uh, joint, well, I was like nine when President Kennedy was running for office, so, you know, I had the same name. But uh, I was 19 when I joined the Women's Political Caucus, and it took off from then. So, love politics, and you're going to love our guest today. We have the honor of speaking with Jeremy Ricks, who is the council person from the 2nd Ward in Warwick, who I can tell you from personal experience, he helped my daughter and I out. Because, you know, things, things are tough when you're a single mom. And then you're, you know, and uh, you, you can't do all the things you used to do before. But anyway, Jeremy is with us. And Jeremy, I want to give you a big hello and thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Gloria. Oh, the, the honor, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for inviting me. So let's start off with, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. I understand you're a, a married man. Recently married. Oh. We just had our one-year anniversary. Fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, I Thank know you. you. Um, now, um, I want to know this. Did you choose politics, or did politics choose you? It's got to be a little bit of both, right? You can't uh, get involved with politics without uh, having a lot of support. And it's really not about the person. It's about what that person is trying to accomplish and who that person is working for. You you can't be in it just for yourself. I mean, there's always going to be, I suppose, a little bit of selfishness because you have to be a little bit crazy to run for politics at any office. But if if a person is running just for themselves, then what are you doing? It's, uh, this is a job where, first, it's a part-time job where Uh, You have to really stay focused, and you have to uh, get into all of those details with, uh, say, the city finances, with the ordinances. You have to have so much knowledge and really talk to so many different people, get information from a lot of sources. It's by design, not something that pays a lot. So Mm. I think that anybody who uh, goes into politics with open eyes and is in it for the right reasons, then they're going to find it very rewarding if somebody is in it for themselves in terms of, you know, financial rewards or the like, they're not going to have a good time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I made $5 a day, which is just, I know, blows people's mind. And you want to run for that for $5? Not about the money. Like you said, it's about the service. Now, how long have you been on the council? Let's see. First elected in 2016, so we're at about five and a half years now. Wonderful. Uh, if I just might add this, I, I'm not a fan of extending the term to four years because when I was in office, it was every two years, and I think you kept them 
on their toes better. The you know we had to run every two years like council does. And I think that the people in leadership positions, that that's just my opinion. I don't know if that's coming up for a vote on the council or, or what. Right, right. That's an interesting topic. And so I was actually the only member of the city council who voted against the proposal for changing the length of the mayoral terms, which was part of a larger uh, resolution that, that changes uh, term limits. So as of right now, there are no term limits for either the mayor or the city council in Warwick. And as of right now, the terms for mayor and city council are both two-year terms. And as I see it, uh, especially when it comes to legislative term limits, there are some very good reasons to not have formal uh, dead stop Mm. term limits because that's a matter of first taking away the choice of the people on who they want to represent them. It's not really about the person running. It's about who is going to be effective in representing the people and who do the people want to represent them. And that's why I like every two years. Now, for example, now, obviously, we both know the speaker. And uh, you need time to climb that leadership ladder. So if you climb, if you do that, then there are like more rewards for the city. I, I don't know when it became a bad thing to take some pork home, meaning for the constituents. Right. I mean, that's a lot less of a factor here in Warwick because, and I think it's a, a really good uh, system that we have set up in Warwick in that it's very a flat, level playing field between the nine members of the council. Yes, we have a city council president who presides at the meetings, but unlike the General Assembly, where items can often get stuck and die in committee, we see that happen all All the the time. time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in Warwick, uh, if the sponsor of the bill demands that a vote be held, we actually have a way for... Uh, the sponsor of the bill to demand that a vote be held within two months. So you don't have that same issue of bills just dying in committee as opposed to getting in front of all nine members for an up or down vote. I call that fairness. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the council president uh, has a lot fewer powers than, say, uh, the equivalents up at the state house or equivalents up at uh, the federal level either, because really the council president, their job is to preside and run the meeting, not to, you know, hand out uh, rewards or anything like that. Got it, got it, got it. I know that things really haven't changed over the years when it comes to ethics, and I'm sure people will say, oh, you're all a bunch of crooks and you're not going to be different. Uh, Let's get into the ethics of the whole term limits. I know you've got some strong opinions on that. Right. So part of that package that might be on the November 2022 ballot coming up is that not only would it involve term limits, uh, if passed, it would involve a total of eight years for the mayor, total of 12 years for the council, uh, consecutive terms. So to keep in mind uh, here is that if the city council members have two-year terms 
and the mayor has a four-year term, then when those city council members decide not to run for a re-election or are term-limited, there may be a temptation to get a job with the city, a job that could well pay 10 times what the city council pays, and that also has implications on those pensions, mm-hmm. increasing the city council pensions by tenfold. By the way, I'm introducing legislation that, if passed, would eliminate the city council pensions just to get rid of that potential temptation. But that's a different note. But when we're talking about a change to the charter, this may well be a change that sticks with us for 50 years, 100 years, and in perpetuity off into the future. Um, I'm also, I got to ask you, um, I was very surprised. Uh, Usually people don't give up a Senate seat. And uh, Kendra Anderson, she's been a guest here. And I'm curious as to why uh, you didn't throw your hat in the ring. Oh, Kendra Anderson, really great person. I wasn't going to run for state senate a couple of years ago. And for the same reasons, I'm not interested in running this time either. I, Well, a few different reasons. First, I really enjoy being on the city council. Uh, what the state senate does, what the city council do, uh, it might uh, look similar to some different folks looking at it from the outside in. But really, there's a massive difference between uh, going down to City Hall and going up to the State House, where at the State House, you're really working on statewide issues that affect really the whole state. Whereas here in Warwick, we're working on issues that are directly affecting the people here. Two very different uh, sets of issues. And also, just from a little bit of a selfish point of view, with the state senate, I would have to uh, go up there as any other state senator. We're looking at uh, three or four evenings per week for half the year, as opposed to with the city council. So much of the real work can be done pretty much anywhere, just during the day. And uh, formally, we on the city council, aside from budget season, mm. we typically have two meetings per month. So it's, in some ways, a lot easier to work into the schedule rather than having uh, half the year, having all of those time slots all booked up and just, uh, well, two very different experiences. It, it is indeed. Um, I, back, back in my day, that used to stop the clock at midnight and continue on till maybe four or five in the morning. Wow. But we had different, uh, you know, rules back then. Um, one is, um, I got a question about COVID and campaigning. Had that, has that affected you going, uh, I know you like to go door to door and, and, and meet and greet people. I do. And you have to be so careful to respect different people's boundaries. So, uh, you know, certainly last time around, uh, even though I didn't have an opponent, I still wanted to, as usual, be sure to get out there a little bit, uh, make sure that people know that, yeah, I'm your neighbor, I'm here for you, and if you have any concerns, issues that I might be able to address in my role as uh, city councilor for the area, whether that's a matter of reporting the potholes, as I say, from the potholes to the streetlights, <laughs> or if it's something on that uh, larger level having to do with, say, the City of Warwick budget, 
then I want people to know that, yeah, I'm out here. I'm accessible. So not being able to go uh, to each door, it did make things a lot more challenging. I still was able to get out and uh, uh, pass out uh, flyers. But last time around, I wanted to avoid actually knocking on the doors and having those kinds of face-to-face unsolicited uh, conversations because during especially those early days of COVID, I didn't want to put anybody in an awkward position. No, it was dangerous. Now, we didn't plan this, but you said budget, and that's my second question about COVID. Now, we know there is, uh, thanks to Joe Biden and the, the Democrats, there's money that's coming into the state and to the city. Um, have you seen any of that yet, and what is it earmarked towards anything special? Yes. So there's been quite a lot of American Rescue Plan Act funds, uh, shorthand ARPA funds. ARPA. And I have heard about uh, some of these different funds that are being allocated by the city, and I've heard about some future plans, including a proposal that $200,000 be provided effectively to each ward so that we can have some local improvements. Good. However, that's all still, as far as I can tell, in the early stages. I haven't received uh, a timeline on that, and uh, I understand that uh, some of that is going to be uh, proposed in the upcoming budget, so I'm anxiously awaiting more information. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you got into that because when you're in politics, it's easy to give money away. But then that source is going to dry up. And then what are we left with? Tax increase. And then we still have reevaluation that's due. The police got a 10% increase in there in, for them. I, and I get, you know, I get what they do. So the police contract, to clarify... Uh, That would be a grand total cumulative, if I recall correctly, 10.6% over three years. So it's not a 10% jump all at once. You're good. But uh, I do have some serious concerns about uh, the contracts, Uh, not so much the immediate raises, because I think that uh, those sorts of raises could be budgeted for. I'm not going to get into all of the details no, because no, the, the yeah, city council... It, it, it'll put us all to sleep, right? You <laughs> might fall asleep. And the city council, we don't actually negotiate the contracts. The mayor negotiates the contracts and they come to us for an up or down vote. Uh, for the last several years, I have been consistently voting against the contracts primarily for one reason, and that is the lack of funding for the uh, lifetime health insurance for employees. I don't have any issue with the employees receiving lifetime health insurance so long as it's paid for. But if it's not paid for, we're just making promises as a city that are not sustainable. I I think that it is fundamentally unethical, immoral, and just putting the city on a road to ruin if we're making promises to pay for lifetime health insurance without putting the money away to make sure that uh, that term of the contract, that obligation, is actually going to be fulfilled. I see it as a very similar concern 
to, say, back in the 1970s and 80s when the, uh, the city was promising pensions but not doing anything to fund those. And I would have hoped that we had learned our lesson back then, but uh, here we go again. Wow, how, how can we afford that? Because I, I know the population is declining and there's always going to be probably more city workers than less. Well, we are now at a point where there are more uh, city retirees than active employees. And I'm, again, I'm not opposed to there being that benefit of lifetime health insurance, but it has to be paid for. And there are some ways that it can be paid for. But I'm not seeing that happening, and that's very concerning because we can't just make these promises. And then when people retire, when they're counting on the city to fulfill its obligations, we can't be pulling the rug out from under people. No, you have to. You have to plan. I, I think that uh, your your proposals are on sound ground. One one more question. This annoys the heck out of me. There are like stop signs in the second ward near my home where there used to be a school and there isn't, and um, stop signs everywhere. Is there any way we can like maybe put a yield or remove? How difficult is that? <laughs> it is surprisingly difficult. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, talk about some of those specifics and we'll uh, put together the traffic study, see if we can uh, get something reasonable done. I know how, how difficult it is to get us. I, I actually got a thousand years ago that, that stoplight in front of the elderly home on um, Warwick Avenue, War, excuse me, Post Road, right past, here we go, the pond. Okay, and uh, it took forever to get that. And it seems like every time I drive, I'm the one that gets the red light. (laughs) But that's okay. You know, I'm really delighted that you were here today. You really opened up my eyes. And I'm sure the people who will be listening to this program about what it's like and in the council, because people really don't I don't think they really know the dedication that you put into it, the time. And like you said, no monetary rewards. But we'll have to have you back again and give us, you know, um, an update on what's happening. Thank you. And people are always welcome to get more involved. Call, email, uh, go to the city council meetings. Just uh, check out what's on the agenda or stop by because there's always something interesting. That's politics and government. It doesn't bore you. Well, uh, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. And to our our good fans out there. And uh, until the next time, uh, everyone have a wonderful day. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.